Now, welcome to another inspiring edition of Sound Insight with Dr. Tom Curran. Good morning. Welcome to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. I've got a question for you. What is the statement that precedes your kids saying to you, Dad, can we please pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet? What is it that you say to your kids such that they say to you, can we please pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet? And the right answer is, okay, kids, time to pray the rosary. <laughs> Sorry, back in a minute with the Dr. Tom Curran Show. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Curran, and you know me as the host of Sound Insight. I am also letting folks know that as a realtor licensed in the state of Washington and in Idaho, I love serving Catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home. It's discerning a whole new life. If that's something that you would find uh, a help in, if I could be of service to you, please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com. DrTomCurran.com. Welcome back to the Dr. Tom Curran Show. It is great to be with you. We are going to begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we come before you in Jesus' holy name. I thank you, Father, that you love us, that you take care of us, you watch over us. You are a good and loving Father. Lord, we don't have... We barely understand what that means, but we want to know you better. And because of Jesus, we can. Father, we approach you with confidence, and we ask for grace. We ask for your strength, your power to bring light to our minds, strength to our will, and inspiration to our actions. Come, Holy Spirit, be stirred into flame in our hearts today. Give us the grace to see the world with the eyes of Christ and to live on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you, Lord, for the grace to do that today. And we make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hey, two weeks, two weeks from today is Ash Wednesday. Yes. Can you believe it? So time is short. Now, what, what do I mean? If you want to live a good Lent, start preparing now for that Lent. Did you hear that? There are things that we can do now so that we don't just stumble into Lent. If Lent is going to be a moment of grace, a season of grace designed by God, willed for us, willed for you, then we want to even now begin preparing for that season that is to come. And so today on the program, I'm going to build off of what I talked about yesterday, and I hope that it's a preparation for you, um, even as you're starting to think about your Lenten season. Yesterday, what did I focus on? I focused on finding our identity in Jesus Christ, in that relationship with him as Lord, as Savior, the one who is the way and the truth and the life for us, and that we would foster and pray and seek after a more intimate, personal, profound, and vital relationship with Jesus Christ. And that 
as that occurs in our lives, we have a testimony to share. We have a witness to give to others about what happens in our lives when we do that. Today, I want to build off of that and talk about two other aspects that are so powerfully important to hold on to. Yesterday, when I talked about identity, I focused on this concept of belonging. You tend to find your identity where you belong. Well, I'm going to build off of that and say, ultimately, where do you belong? Ultimately, you are created by God from nothing, willed by God for this moment in history to be alive and to journey through this life towards our true home. Brothers and sisters, this is not our true home. Our true home is with God in heaven. And we await a new heavens and a new earth where the redemption that Christ won, the redemption that sets free this world and all of us from the effects and impacts of sin, that we will live in the full flourishing of a life fully in order and in accord with God's will. That's where we're headed, brothers and sisters. That's the life of heaven. And one of the things that we're called to do and, and we pray for is begin to manifest the life of heaven on earth right now. I talked about that yesterday in terms of the Beatitudes, but I want to talk about it in terms of mindset. Do we have this mindset that says, heaven is my true home? And, and what do we know? What do we, what do we glimpse in the scriptures and in our tradition about the life of heaven? It's marked fundamentally by worship. We worship God together with the angels and the saints around the throne of God. Have you ever read Revelation chapter 4 and chapter 5? John, the apostle, is drawn up into heaven. And in, in Revelation 1 and Revelation 2 and 3, there are those famous seven letters to the seven churches in Asia Minor, modern-day Turkey. And then in Revelation chapter 4 and Revelation chapter 5, John has a vision of the throne of God. He has a vision of God and of the Lamb. There's a reference to the Holy Spirit and the, the throne in this enormous sense of, of the throne of God. And around the throne, there is, there's a reference to four living creatures right? You remember that? You've got the lion, the young man, ox, and the eagle. And there's several meanings to that, right? The, the tradition that is probably most known in the Catholic Church is the four creatures are associated with the four gospel writers, the four evangelists, and that these four creatures are symbolically connected to them. So you have uh, the 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 ox is Luke, the eagle is John, the lion is Mark, and Matthew is the young man. But they also reference four constellations. And the four constellations, uh, right, Leo and Orion and uh, Taurus, and what was the last one? Um, 
But if you take a look at where those are, they are actually located in the like four different quadrants of the sky. So it's as if the all of the universe is gathered around the throne of God, and not just all of the universe gathered around the throne of God, but you have um, the uh, the twenty four elders referencing uh, in again. 12 apostles, the 12 tribes of Israel. And then you have this numerous, Some one says 144,000, then it's too many to be counted, angels and saints around the throne of God. That that is, that's the powerful place. That's where we're headed. So on earth as it is in heaven, do you want to begin to live and shine a bit of heavenly life on earth? Worship. Spend your time Spend your life in worship. And this shouldn't be underestimated. I think, sadly, it is undervalued. The reality of worshiping God on earth, worshiping God in the course of our day-to-day life, has a power and importance that I think we, we fail to recognize. Like, how many of you would say, oh, I worship God every day, and here's how I do it? We just don't have uh, a simple, clear, clean sense of understanding of what the act of worshiping God is like. And there are real spiritual losses as a result. So, of course, if you have been catechized, if you've been formed in the Catholic faith, then you'd say, well, I worship God by going to Mass. And yes, that is the highest and most perfect praise and worship of God on earth is going to Mass. But if you listened to my program last week, you know how few people are actually going to Mass and how often when you go to Mass, you wonder, is, is there really a vital, vibrant faith there among the folks that are there? So there's there's got to be more. There, there's got to be more. I don't mean better, but I mean more. There's something that will lead to a more vibrant experience at Mass, a more uh, worshipful uh, sense of, of, of God being praised and, and adored at Mass by having it happen outside of Mass. And that's a, one of, what I want to focus on today, as well as having that mindset. Because what we think about, how we think about things, definitely has a huge impact on our lives. So that's what's to come. I am up against a break. So when we come back, more with the Dr. Tom Curran Show. Hey, welcome back to the program. This is Dr. Tom Curran, and I want to welcome you to the show. And so talking today about worship, worshiping God as on earth as it is in heaven. It's our future. It's our destiny. It's our destiny to praise God. And by exercising that spirit of praise here and now on earth, we are becoming more suited and fitted for the life of heaven. Not only that, it'll begin to cleanse our thinking. Romans chapter 12 talks about putting on the mind of Christ, where we begin to think of things after the manner of Jesus Christ. And, And that's a real thing. It's not just a metaphor. It's not just a like a, uh, a an analogy 
No, there's a way in which the spirit of Jesus Christ has been communicated to us through baptism. His Holy Spirit lives in us and transforms our thinking, how we see things, what we think about. That's one of the fruits of our union with Jesus. And if we want to grow in our witnessing to Jesus, if we want to grow in that relationship to Jesus, one of the signs, one of the fruits, one of the evidences that we're becoming more like Jesus is that we're thinking about the things that are important to him. We're beginning to think his thoughts. Whoa, that's really a strong way of talking about it. I didn't make that up. It's back in Augustine. It gets carried through our tradition. You see it in the imitation of Christ. You see it in the writings of John of the Cross. You see it in the writings of Teresa of Avila, of St. Francis de Sales. This idea of the union with Jesus Christ impacts how we see because we begin to see with the eyes of Christ the world that is around us. Remember, Jesus said in John chapter 4, I only do what I see the Father doing. I only do what I see the Father doing. So there's that seeing. Jesus in John chapter 13 said, he got up from the table to wash the disciples' feet, knowing fully well that he had come from God and was going to God the Father. He then got up from the table, tied a towel around him, and then began to wash the apostles' feet. There's that sense of when you think in the right way, when you have that right vein of thought running through your mind, then things become clear. And then my actions become clearer. I know what I have to do. I know what I ought to do. But just like there are things that crowd into our lives and vie for our attention and and propose themselves to us as this is where you belong this is where you ought to try to belong instead we can take instead of in in our relationship with Christ the same thing applies here what is my destiny if my destiny is to praise God and i begin to see with the mind of Christ well the devil will attempt to undercut that the devil will attempt to overthrow that. The devil will attempt to place other things in front of our minds to say, think about these things. Focus on these things. Okay, so question becomes, well, what do we do about that? How do we find a solution? How do we find a path out of thinking worldly things? Well, I want to give you a an extreme example of people whose way of thinking has radically shifted never to return. It's people who have had near-death experiences. I listened to a couple of these sort of stories, these testimonials. Again, you have a testimony. They had a like absolute conviction that they wanted to share their story about what happened to them. And it, again, typically involves some kind of like terrible accident uh, that led them to the brink of death, 
And in the course of their experience of being kept medically alive, uh, being kept alive through medical means, medical intervention, their body, their, their spirit like, left their body. And they talk about seeing themselves like in the ER or in, in the place where they're being medically attended to. And they get brought to, they get brought into typically the presence of God. And uh, this one story, this woman first was like, she was in this void and just sort of, and, and at time just seemed suspended. And then all of a sudden she was approached by this being whom she came to identify and realized it was her grandmother and as a heavenly creature and, and was saying, be at peace. You know, I've been sent here. I'm going to bring you to God. And she has this encounter with God. And it, the way she talks about God uh, as immensely powerful, big, powerful, and yet also present and gentle, approachable. And so simultaneously inaccessible beyond her in power and might, and yet present to her with this complete vulnerability or accessibility where she's drawn into nearness. And uh, she's given the, the choice to go back or to stay and feels like her call is to go back and tell the story. And the woman's like, my life, her whole life is now dedicated to telling everyone that this world is not the end. Death is not the end. There's life beyond death and there's God. And you want to get ready to meet God. Get your life in order. Well, the only like more compelling testimonies to, um, to those who have had an encounter with God and, and like touched heaven are those who experienced uh, the flames and darkness and demonic harassment of hell. Oh, wow. <laughs> These guys, like, and how they were rescued. This one guy, how he was rescued from the flames of hell and demonic torments. And he comes back, he gets rescued and brought back to, to life on earth. Well, let's just say life has changed for that guy. He radically shifts his whole life because he realized same thing. His thinking has been elevated on earth as it is in heaven. I don't want to miss heaven, not for anything, not for all those things that I was pursuing. Those all mean nothing, nothing compared to the life that awaits me in heaven and what I want to avoid, which is the reality of hell. That guy just was stunned, stunned and changed. So I, I bring that to you just as a couple of like handholds to be able to say that um, on earth as it is in heaven, if we can just pray through that in the Lord's prayer, on earth as it is in heaven, and pray that the Lord changes our thinking. Pray that the Lord gives us a vision for life beyond death, that what we're made for is heaven, 
and on earth as it is in heaven means let's allow praise and worship to invade our day to day. Take up songs of praise and worship. Take up time of adoration and silence. These are modes of praise and worship. I did a whole teaching on this. You can, in fact, go to mycatholicfaith.org and you can just look it up, a whole series. And I did a whole uh, extensive talk on praise and worship. Uh, and also it became a, a, a program. Uh, and so if you look up the Dr. Tom podcast, you can find it. All right, I'm out of time to talk about that right now. But when we come back from our next break, Father Darren Connell is going to talk about an upcoming novena to experience healing on earth as it is in heaven. Let's experience the reality of healing that God has for us in just a minute on the Dr. Tom Curran Show. Hey, this is Dr. Tom Curran, the host of Sound Insight, but also a realtor serving wonderful folks like you in the state of Washington and in Idaho. I've had the privilege and pleasure of helping dozens of families in the last two and a half years discern and find a, a strategy, a path, and a plan to help their families find a whole new life in eastern Washington and northern Idaho. If I could be of service to you in that, I would love to. Please reach out, drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Well, let me welcome to the program Father Darren Connell. Father uh, Connell is the the rector of Our Lady of Lords Cathedral, and I have the wonderful pleasure and privilege of having him on the program uh, once again because of an upcoming novena, uh, the novena to Our Lady of Lords, which has very special themes associated with each of the evenings of the or late afternoons into the early evening of each of these days of the novena. Welcome to the program, Father. Thank you very much, uh, Doctor. I appreciate uh, being here. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you, this is something that has happened at the cathedral now for a number of years. Where did where did this idea come yeah. from to have a novena to Our Lady of Lords with these special uh, every individual day um, points of focus yeah. and all of that? Sure. So um, I was appointed to the cathedral in 2011, and um, at the time, there were, the, the parish celebrated a whole host of different novenas, uh, usually after the daily mass to St. Joseph, to the Sacred Heart, etc. And one thing that I noticed, frankly, is that um, because they were so prolific, people were you know, getting into the habit of, of uh, actually leaving after Holy Communion because they didn't want to <laughs> stick around for the novena, uh, which is not good, obviously, but that was just the reality. And so I, went, I talked to the parish council, I said, instead of doing, you know, 10 or 15 novenas, little novenas a year. Let's do one really well. And I suggested, uh, uh, given the fact that the, pat the patroness of our diocese is Our Lady of Lords and the namesake of this cathedral, that we have a novena for healing in honor of Our Lady of Lords. Uh, and so in February of 2012, we began um, the novena, and it's been going since. We have it every year. So what, this is our 12th year, I guess. Uh, uh, for the Novena for Healing. And it, it also kind of came about from the, re the realization that uh, in many people's lives, in most of our lives, uh, there's some need for healing, whether it be spiritual, psychological, the healing of a relationship, an addiction of some kind. Uh, and the, uh, you know, I'm just really glad we did it uh, because over the years it's been a, really a source of, of grace and healing for, for a lot of people. Well, and one of the things that I find that is 
let's say, specially designed in this particular novena. And folks, it begins this Saturday, February the 3rd, and it runs through Sunday, February the 11th. And I know it's a Sunday, but that's actually the Feast of Our Lady of Lords. And uh, is that each day there is a special theme, or let's call it a, a facet, a facet of healing, different forms and, and meanings of healing that manifest themselves in our in our lives as as points of need and i, I just think that's brilliant that uh you gather folks together in a novena but you also have that specificity on each of the evenings yeah the first one of course the first night uh bishop daly is the is the the celebrant and the and the uh the homilist and he'll speak about his own experience uh in, in lord's france uh providentially Bishop Daly uh, has a, a great devotion to Our Lady of Lourdes and has had that uh, for many years as a priest prior to be naming Bishop of the Diocese. And so I know he believes it's through Mary's work uh, that he is privileged to be the Bishop of, of, of a diocese named after her and, and of a cathedral. And so um, he makes pilgrimage to Lourdes uh, quite often, uh, almost once a year, maybe once every two years, uh, and actually works there in Lourdes. And he's, he has, what I mean by that is that he assists in the baths. For our listeners who don't know, the, the miracle of Lourdes was involved um, in discovering or digging this, uh, this miraculous spring under the instruction uh, of Our Lady who appeared to her. And, and so for years now, uh, people have gone to Lourdes seeking healing and bathing in the miraculous waters and um uh and so instead of busing or uh, flying everyone to lourdes and and uh we actually tried to bring lourdes here to spokane uh, during those nine days i love that and and folks this saturday it it does begin with a vigil mass at 4 p.m um and uh, again, Bishop Daly is the homilist on the healing power of Lords. It, isn't it? It's also the feast of um, Saint Place, uh, Bishop and Martyr. Yeah. Right, it's correct. So, so the first night uh, we always so each of the nights we have a particular devotion. Uh, you know, in our Catholic spiritual repertoire, uh, we have all kinds of resources and and uh, beautiful pious traditions and practices and. And one of those, of course, is the blessing of throats on the Feast of St. Blaise, February 3rd. Um, and so um, it, it fit very well to kick off the novena with having a number of priests here with blessed candles. And we will call forth uh, people, everyone in the congregation to come forth and have their, their throats blessed by one of the, the, the priests who are present. Well, and I love that. I think that uh, and you can think about folks healing of the throat in a variety of ways. Of course, there's the physical dimension of that. But in some ways, Father, it doesn't it feel like, well, for me, it does anyways, that one of the healings is that the literally the freeing up of of the faithful to have the courage to proclaim the gospel in their own way and in their own places where they where they live and work and and in, um, you know, live their lives that. Come and receive well, a blessing. Exactly, and and and, and it, you know along that along those lines, uh, the the uh, the truth of the blessing is found in the words of the blessing, uh, and uh, so the priest will lay the candles uh, over the throats of of the individual and and say, 
through the intercession of St. Blaise, Bishop and Martyr, may you be healed of every disease of the throat and of every other evil, every other illness. So it's, it's, uh, it's not specifically or, or solely designed for the throat. It's, it's every way in which, uh, you know, evil touches our lives, illness touches our lives that we invoke uh, St. Blaise and his intercession before Almighty God. Well, and you know, Father Connell, one of the things that as we start walking through these different days, we'll notice these different, again, I'll call it like healing is like a diamond with different facets. And it's not as if you can only come on one night that find the theme that fits you and go on that night. But this many faceted diamond, which is the Lord's desire to heal and how he comes close to us through things like um, the way that he honors our Blessed Mother and what he did through through her and her intercession at Lord's, that this can impact your lives, folks. I mean, he worked through a 14-year-old girl who was very short and sickly and came from a poor family and difficult circumstances and used that young lady in mighty ways to accomplish astonishing purposes that still have impact today and are going to have an impact uh, beginning on Saturday the 4th and going through the 11th at Our Lady of Lords Cathedral, all because of her willingness to say yes and living out her faith. I mean, Father Connell, you know, who's to say that this novena couldn't be a birthplace of an of a modern day Saint Bernadette Subaru. Uh, of course, and I, you know, the <clears throat> there is a there are actually uh, lots of healings are attributed to to, to Lourdes, but they actually are officially officially declared by the Church miraculous cures. Um, there aren't as, there aren't as many because the Church wants to be, you know, really clear and really certain that. A miracle has indeed happened, and so there's a whole uh, division in Lourdes headed up by a medical team that examines um, uh, alleged healings. And um, but but setting aside some of those miraculous cures that have been officially declared, we I know people. I presume you know people, and I know people who've been to this novena who have said, "Yes, Father, I, I did receive the healing that I asked for," or "Father, I I didn't receive exactly what I asked for." You know, um, I still have the cancer, but I am at, at a peace that I have, have, haven't had during the illness. I have a, a sense of resignation and an experience of the love of God and the Blessed Mother for me that I didn't have before. And now this cross gets to be lighter. You know, so the healing comes in, in a variety of forms. Uh, and people, whether they've been declared officially and miraculously cured or not, have experienced, uh, have experienced healing through, through the novena. Well, you know, Father, I, I, I smile because I have this remembrance of uh, in Our Lady of Lords, holy water, like dispenser in my home growing up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. guessing that a yeah. lot of Catholics probably had one of those. And someone, had, you know, someone goes to Lords and they bring back some Lords water and they have it in a Our Lady of Lords kind of container right a little plastic container kind of take off the top and there's there's your lord's container now father i have got to confess something here that my mom did and i don't know if this is if this is if this is legitimate but you you, you could probably finish my sentence well they use some of the water up right and it's getting low and so yeah. what do they do yeah they add water they add to, to it. it yeah i <laughs> i know that that's done it. i'm not i'm not 
I'm not a super big fan of that, but uh, I know it's been done. Uh, it's the devotion. But of, I have it's heard like, that. I don't want to lose out on that. But uh, you actually are speaking about Mary and the healing power of water on Sunday the 4th. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we are going to be distributing. So we, we, we send away uh, <clears throat> to, from the Grotto and Lords uh, each year. And we have gallons of water from the Miraculous Spring shipped to Spokane. And then we take those uh, gallons and divide them up into smaller vials, and uh, we will distribute those vials of, of water from Lourdes, again, bringing Lourdes to Spokane, uh, for people to take home for personal devotion. People can bless themselves with the, with the water. They can touch a part of their body that, that's sick with the water. Um, anything you would use <clears throat> holy water for, uh, you would use the Lourdes water for as well. Uh, go away. Hey, parents, bless your kids at night when they're sleeping. <laughs> I'm serious. You, you, right. you can, the power of holy water as a blessing. And Father, I, for folks who haven't been, it's crowded. It's crowded. When I've gone to the yeah. novena, it's, folks, it's not like this is a small thing. You get a wonderful sign of devotion and faith manifest itself during this novena, during these nights. Uh, again, evenings. It's like late afternoon, early evening. It's crowded. It, it's it's a beautiful witness to faith as well. Well, it's a, and, and it's uh, since you mentioned the time, this year is a little <clears throat> difficult because because um, two of the it involves two weekends. This the way the the novena fell this year in 2024, and so I really encourage people to uh, if you don't have the schedule, and then we send it out to parishioners, but. If you're not a pressure and don't have the schedule, go to go to the cathedral website. It's www.spokanecathedral.com, and right there on the homepage, you can click and find the schedule. And uh, so, because each of the nights, the weeknights are at four o'clock, four or sorry, at five thirty in the afternoon, and then Sunday and Saturday is four and three. So, uh, it just it'll be really important for you to consult the uh, the schedule for the times of each of the days. And I have uh, I'm going to be sending out a flock note every day. If people want to log on to our or sign up for our flock note, again, they go to the cathedral website, uh, spokanecathedral.com, and there's a, a way to log on to the to and sign up to receive a flock note, which is a daily email <clears throat> in which I will outline the uh, the theme for the day and, and the specific times and other any other kind of housekeeping um, details. If you have difficulty signing up for flock note on our cathedral website. Uh, simply call the parish office 509-358-4290 and again you can just google us you can find the number and the office staff uh, can help with that but again i would really encourage people to go to our website uh, <clears throat> spokanecathedral.com also on the website is uh, um, a, a segment from 60 minutes this, you know that show new show on sunday nights that was aired last year or the year before uh, in which 60 Minutes covered the very latest official miracle healing of Lourdes. And it was from a, of a French nun who uh, was severely disabled, visited Lourdes, and was miraculously cured. It's a, a very inspirational piece and somewhat surprising from the secular media. Uh, if if, uh, if <clears throat> Usually, you know, if there's a story about the church, it tends to be somewhat negative or skeptical. This was very beautifully done. And, uh, and very inspiring. I would really encourage people to, to look at that on our website, or you can YouTube, uh, just Google 60 Minutes, Our Lady of Lourdes, and it should be there. But it, it, I really recommend it for everyone. It's, it's quite inspirational. 
That's awesome. Again, I'm talking with Father Darren Connell. Father Connell is, again, he's the rector of Our Lady of Los Cathedral. And we're here talking about this upcoming novena. It begins this Saturday. Father mentioned, if you think weekends, it's 4 p.m. the first weekend on Saturday and Sunday, the third and fourth. And then during the course of the week, there'll be, again, different themes and facets of healing that will be highlighted and will be brought out into the open. And most of those in the form of homilies or, or a talk. And um, uh, gosh, yeah. I... I uh, I, I would love to just dive into a couple of these if if you have time, Father. Sure. Uh, Mary Mary Health sure, is great. sick. Yeah, Dr. Kristen McIntyre. Uh, she's great, folks. If you haven't heard her speak, a uh, very passionate woman of faith, and she rolls up her sleeves in, in her own ministry uh, and and therapeutic work uh, as a doctor, uh, and a, a great voice of talking about healing that the Lord has available to us in these times. So Mary, health of the sick is a beautiful a theme to have as a point of focus. Yeah, and so we, you know, we always try uh, to be, I guess, timely in 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 the in, in some of our, our, our themes each year. And so one of the, so we try to think of what's going on in, the, in our world and people's lives. And, you know, we had COVID and Sometimes there's some unique things that touch our, our lives and our society. Some things are, you know, they're, they're, they're perennial, like cancer and, and broken relationships and things. But there are other things that, uh, depending on what's going on in the culture, kind of pop up. And um, so Dr. McIntyre is going to be speaking about um, uh, gender dysphoria. So young people who feel that they are not uh, their biological sex. And... And the suffering that can go along with that, and and just her own experience as a as a physician, uh, as a psychiatrist, and as a medical doctor, uh, some of those really difficult issues, and how do you how do you help someone in that situation, and with love and compassion, but also in pursuit of the truth. And, uh, and she's she's able to make a, a really a powerful mix of of science and faith uh, in addressing that particular timely issue because it's. It's, uh, it doesn't seem to be going away. Well, what I love about what you just shared, Father Connell, is honestly that the willingness to have that be highlighted as a theme during this novena of healing happening at the cathedral, that's quite a signal that we, uh, uh, it is very encouraging to be able to see uh, you and the cathedral and Bishop Daly be willing to take a compassionate and uh, take a stand that's rooted in the truth of the gospel, the truth of our faith, the revealed truth that comes from God. That's not easy to do in this time. And to be able to connect it to the authentic healing that the Lord has for us, I just applaud you. I applaud the the, the bishop and you and, and your willingness to, to take that kind of loving, compassionate stand to inform Catholics and inform the faithful around a way to see this that is just not often heard. So just, I, I, I really I applaud you, Father, for uh, picking that theme and being willing to lead with it. That's really beautiful. Well, it comes, it comes from all, uh, you know, an experience of, you know, I'm a priest, uh, bishop's a bishop, uh, we're all, you know, as Catholics, we, our heart aches when other people suffer, regardless of what that suffering is. I mean, we don't want to, we don't want to see people suffer. And, and, and the message of the, of the culture today, particularly, again, for young people, children, and, um, 
and and what how how our our culture is trying to to you know address that particular issue uh i think is in many ways it can be terribly harmful and can exacerbate someone's suffering so we want to we we did a, uh you know include that as a topic because of the suffering involved and because the need for 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 truth and that that is the truth of jesus christ that brings us uh healing and peace and as bishop daly says uh, you know in our teaching and our preaching and the things that we do he always says um he says uh compassion always so we are we, we we suffer with people we want to do that we want to be with them in their suffering uh which is the root of that word compassion um and uh, he says uh, but truth always so compassion uh always and and uh, and and truth um because without the truth we don't really have a proper sense of of of, of compassion yeah, amen. And that that theme again, that's Mary Health of the Sick Folks. That that's going to be next Monday, 5:30 in the afternoon again as part of the novena of healing. And then on the 6th, Father, uh I I'm not familiar with the devotion of Our Lady of is it called is it pronounced Lavang? Lavang? Lavang. Lavang. So I wasn't either until I was in Bishop Bailey's office one day and in his in his office he has the image of Our Lady of Lavang, uh, which is a Vietnamese apparition of, of Our Blessed Mother uh, to the people in Vietnam. I hadn't known about it either. Um, it's a beautiful story. And so I thought, what better way to, than to share that own uh, devotion of, of our bishop and uh, with uh, with the people of, of the diocese. And so Father Joe Hien, uh, one of our senior priests, a Vietnamese priest, um, We'll be here that evening to give us a talk on on the apparition uh, of Our Lady of Lavang and, and what it has meant to uh, the Vietnamese people in terms of bringing them closer to to Our Lady and and uh, I thought what better person to talk about that than Father. Uh, we'll also have that evening. Uh, the readings will be in, in Vietnamese. We're, we're reaching out with the, the Vietnamese community at St. Anthony's here in Spokane, uh, working with their choir. We should have a Vietnamese choir that night. As well, and so just uh, a chance to, uh, I guess, uh, experience and express, or, or experience and and uh, appreciate how other cultures have have encountered our Blessed Mother and what she's made, how how di what difference she's made in their own lives. Well, and and you know, uh, Father, what I did, I did a little quick Google search, and it's like uh, it seemed as if this was like a way that the the that the God of Heaven chose to support and encourage and provide uh, spiritual assistance to a people under persecution and in a exactly. time of persecution. And I just, all I can say is I hope and pray that it's not prophetic. It's not too prophetic that uh, right. Our Lady of Lavang is making her appearance here at Our Lady of Lords Cathedral in 2024, right? But right. We we better know that the Blessed Mother is with us if we do face a persecution in our own family or in our own lives of faith or in the workplace. Right. That these things are becoming more common. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. So, well, uh, Father Connell, uh, continuing on, we have a, a very important theme that is uh, very prominent in in the diocese of Spokane, but also carried across the entire United States, and that is 
the, the gift of the Eucharist and seeking Eucharistic revival. And so the theme on Wednesday, again, it's at 530 at Our Lady of Lourdes Cathedral. It's Mary, Mother of the Eucharist. And, and Father Gaines is the homilist uh, that night. And there'll be a procession and benediction of the Blessed Sacrament, which is just so beautiful to link the Blessed Mother to the gift of the Eucharist and to adoration. Yes, so... Um... Some of the themes for the for the novena are, are consistent every year, and this is one of them. We always have uh, a night focused on Mary, Mother of the Eucharist, uh, and this year it's especially uh, important because of the National Eucharistic Revival that's going on. We had our big procession uh, this past summer from the cathedral to the podium uh, sports arena in downtown Spokane. We had some 3,000 people as a part of that. There are some other events coming up in the diocese for Eucharistic renewal. Um, and uh, this would just be kind of one, one additional element to deepen people's belief in the real presence of our Lord, body, blood, soul, and divinity, and focusing on, on uh, as well on Mary, his, his mother. Well, and, and you know, Father Connell, it's, uh, you think about perennial themes, and one of them that shows up in the spiritual life is spiritual warfare that and the blessed mother having a part to play right that she will uh, crush the serpent's head with her heel right all the way back in genesis 315 uh and that 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 takes center stage on thursday evening again at 5 30 folks that's on february the 8th uh so it's a week from thursday and father barnett will be talking about that theme of mary the warrior queen spiritual healing who came up with that title that's a cool title <laughs> yeah so the 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 homeless that evening will be a father barnett father barnett is the director of the office of uh, spiritual worship uh, here in the diocese and um so he will lead us in uh in in uh, a reflection on on how our blessed virgin mary you know as you said crushes the serpent of satan how she did it in the Garden of Eden, and how she does it today, her, her, her power over, over evil and suffering. And in particular, the devotion that night will be uh, the exorcism and blessing of salt. So people will be invited to bring salt from home. We'll have salt here to, in vials uh, that Father will uh, say the words of exorcism and blessing over, and then we'll distribute those so that people can take them home and use them in their house, uh, in their car, in their yard or workplace or whatever, or in their food. I know people who put exercise blessed salt in their food uh, just as a, as a, a sign of, of wanting protection from God, uh, from the power of, of, of Satan. Love that. I'm so glad you said that, Father. I was, uh, was going to say you took the words right out of my mouth about using blessed salt as you're cooking. Um, I know my mother-in-law uh, did that, and I... I just, I love that. I love that idea that to incorporate blessed items like salt uh, to be used as a way of blessing um, the act of, of cooking and feeding, that you, you want to have that be connected to the Lord. I love that. Um, and then we have, again, Good. I think this another one of those perennial themes found in the Novena to Our Lady of Lords. Again, folks, SpokaneCathedral.com, SpokaneCathedral.com, right there, right front and center on the homepage is the button for Our Lady of Lords Novena, where you can download the details of the starting time and the themes of each of these evenings, beginning this Saturday and running through Sunday the 11th at Our Lady of Lords Cathedral in Spokane. Father Connell's uh, here walking us through the different themes, again, to encourage you to 
to come out, to participate, to join in this really important event in the life of the diocese. And so Mary at the foot of the cross, very fitting on Friday the 9th. Right. So we have a, um, uh, I have a, a large uh, crucifix of our Lord that I received from uh, the, the Sisters of Providence at Sacred Hospital some years ago. And we use that as a focus for the night and reflect on, on you know, that, that, that tremendous suffering that, that Mary felt at the foot of the cross. And it's a suffering, uh, frankly, that, that too many parents have, have experienced in their own lives with the death of a child. And so we, uh, we reflect on, on, on her faith and her fidelity and her trust in the face of something that was, uh, you know, quite awful. And uh, with, the set, with, with the hope of giving people who suffer even to this day the loss of a child or any other kind of a, a loss, uh, a, a sense of, of, of comfort that Our Lady is with them in, in their suffering. Amen. Yeah, yeah that's, that's so powerful. And, and again, so important, folks, because suffering does reach our lives, even tragic suffering like that. Well, Father, we're moving towards the very end here, the last two days of the of the novena. We go from 530 on the weekdays back to four o'clock connected to the vigil mass on Saturday. Um, talk a bit about what will be happening on Saturday, the uh, 10th. So uh, recently, the, the cathedral installed a shrine to St. Peregrine, who is the patron saint of cancer patients. It's, it's a beautiful marble sh uh, frame shrine. Uh, with a, a painting of St. Peregrine's uh, healing um, done by a local artist. And so we will focus on our attention on, on just that disease of cancer and how it is impacting people's lives and, and the story of St. Peregrine and why he's the, the patron saint of those who, who suffer uh, with cancer. Amen. Amen. And then and you'll be um, the one leading that reflection as well. Yes, I will. I, you know, I, I uh, myself have had cancer and Thanks be to God, I've, I'm, it's in remission. And, and as a matter of fact, uh, so I was diagnosed in 2015 with uh, a colon cancer, and I, I called, called Bishop Bailey to tell him, and he was actually on pilgrimage at Lourdes. And so he said, I'm going down right now to the grotto. Uh, so it was really providential and beautiful. And, and then he went and prayed and offered Mass for me, and, and thanks be to God, I, it worked, and I'm here. And uh, um, again, it was, it was very providential that, that he was there uh, at, at the grotto in Lourdes. Uh, after my diagnosis well and and then uh we the final day of the novena it i think it's very fitting it falls on a sunday and so at three in the afternoon in that very hour of mercy on february the 11th the actual again folks the feast of our our lady of lords uh, is the world day of prayer for the sick and um talk a bit about what will be happening uh as just really a, a special way of sure. finishing off the the novena yeah. So, yeah. So again, there's so much uh, there's so much providential about this novena. The, the beginning on the third with the with the uh, uh, the church's liturgical blessing for people uh, in need with the blaze blessing, and then ending on the eleventh, which is World Day of Prayer for the Sick, as declared by Pope Saint John Paul the Great. Uh, he designated that day, which is also the feast of Our Lady of Lords as a time to, to reflect on, on those who are sick, to pray for them and, and, and to reach out uh, to those who are in, in, in need and who are burdened by illness or, or disease or, or, or even who are advanced in years. And so uh, that night will culminate with uh, the celebration of the sacrament of the sick. So we'll have 
a number of priests here, nine or so, including the bishop. And during that liturgy, we will, during that service, we will offer those uh, who are in need uh, the imposition of the hands, an invitation of the apostles, and and the um, anointing with the blessed oil, asking God for healing for them, for the forgiveness of their sins. Um, and so it's a nice way to, to culminate the, uh, uh, the novena. As, as I mentioned forgiveness of sins, I'm reminded that every night as well, a priest will be in the confessional for those who want to seek out uh, the sacrament of reconciliation, which is the, the sacrament of penance is a sacrament of healing. And so that's an added bonus, I guess, each of the nights a priest will be available to hear confessions during the novena service. Well, Father Carl, just talk to this in just the last question, and that is, um, one of the things that I've ex- experienced is that, and, and you can speak to this so very well, is while it's true that you can receive the blessing of the Lord's healing touch in any one of these individual evenings, there's something quite powerful about coming to as many as you can, if not all of them, like making the commitment, the sacrifice to say, I'm going to carve this out. And as far as possible, I'm going to make them all that there's a way in which it's almost like that onion idea that there'll be layers of healing that are disposed and and nurtured in us. And the, 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 the cumulative effect of going through those days fosters a more expectant faith, a deeper encounter with the Lord that maybe is happening during certain nights so that that sense of that the healing grows over time and culminates in that sense of I've committed to walk this path of these nine days and how the Lord honors that. Would you speak to that a bit? Yeah, sure. So I, I never make promises to people about that. Oh, it's going to change your life. It's going to, uh, everything's going to be, uh, you know, good again. I, I don't, I, you know, that's not my, that's not my job and that's up to God. And, but the, what I do ask people to do is just come with an open heart. Uh, the Lord and, and, and be prepared and don't be, a, don't be surprised if the Lord surprises you in some way with a, you know, a particular line from, from one of the, the sermons or, uh, a scripture passage, or uh, one of the Marian motets that are sung by the choir, or some of the beautiful music, you know, just to be, if you to have an open heart and open mind to how the Lord might be speaking to you and working into your life and bringing you His, the healing balm of His love and and mercy. And again, just to be open to whatever happens, great, uh, without any expectations, to come in faith and humility with that with that sense of an open heart. Amen. Well, Father Connell, I really appreciate uh, you taking time to be with me today on the program to uh, help uh, expound and break open the gift of this novena to Our Lady of Lords happening again at the cathedral, SpokaneCathedral.com. Begins this Saturday, the 3rd, and it runs for nine days and it ends on Sunday, the 11th. Final word, Father. Just uh, would invite everyone to come to the Mother Church. This is not a parish event. This is a diocesan event, and everyone is is uh, is welcome uh, to join us. Amen. That's Father Darren Connell. Father Connell, thank you so much for being with me today on the program. Thank you, Doctor.